Welcome to the Heat versus the World podcast. And now, stand up and make some noise for your host, Joe What's up, you guys? Welcome back to another episode of the Heat vs. the World podcast. As always, I'm your host, Joel, and with me, I got Nick, Kay, and Shai. And we got a great episode for y'all. You know, obviously, we're coming off of a great win for the Heat last night, a game that I almost thought was over. You know, to anyone who saw that Heat and Thunder game, the Heat was down by five with 42 seconds left, but we pulled through. You know, first you had the big three by Oladipo to cut the deficit to two. Then, I forgot his name, but someone from OKC got fouled, and it led to them getting two free throws. But the ball didn't lie, and as a result of that, because it was a bogus call if y'all saw the specific foul that I'm talking about. And it ended up leading to the point where this player ended up missing not one, but both free throws. And then the Heat get the ball back. And you got the depot dish to Jimmy, which led to a three-point play. And it ended up being the game-winning bucket for the Heat. So, overall, great win for Miami. And it's been a bit of a roller coaster week, to say the least, because we started the week off with the Heat losing to the Lakers. Another game where we lost to a shorthanded team, a team that did not have LeBron, AD, or Lonnie Walker, you know, you had a guy like Dennis Schroeder who went off against us, and it it just sucked to say the least. Um, I honestly did not know what I was watching. It really should not have went to that point, but this is the Miami Heat we are talking about. We know they are capable of these type of L's, so I can't even be too surprised about it at this point of the season. But we then go into Phoenix, and we got a great win against them. Um, and it was a pretty good game, to say the least, because we it was kind of a bit of a blowout for most of it. There was a couple times where Phoenix did make it close, but every single time they tried to, um, what's the word I'm looking for, take the lead, Miami would just come in there and just do their thing. You know, I think there was a point where, did Phoenix take the lead at one point in that game? I think in the fourth quarter, I believe. I don't remember, but... Overall, it seemed like Miami was able to pull through. So great win from there. And then, like I said, it's been a roller coaster because we had a great win there. But then we lose to Brooklyn the following game. And y'all already know what we got to talk about. You know, that controversial call at the end where it seemed like Jimmy was going to get the foul. But it ended up being a no call. Jimmy, being the modest guy that he is, believes that he should have made it and doesn't believe that there was a foul in the first place. But Anyone with the eyes that can see properly knows that the refs missed one in that type of possession. But, yeah, so we lost that game. And then, as we mentioned before, we had the Heat win last night against the Thunder. Crazy game, like I mentioned. Also because of the fact that, if we want to be technical with it, Dwayne Dedman brought a gun to the court. Not the gun that y'all thinking about, but still a gun. So... It, it was a wild game, to say the least. But, you know, enough from me. Like, I want to know what's going through y'all's minds after seeing these past couple games for the Heat. So, we'll start off with you, Nick. I mean, a typical Miami Heat roller coaster. I mean, you had the you had the 
LeBron James, Anthony Davis, Lonnie Walker all out against the Lakers. So you're like, all right, well, this is this should be a W. But, you know, um, a team loses their all-stars and the Heat do not play well. It's just what happens at this point. I'm used to it. Like I had a bunch of buddies that are asking me, uh, should I bet on the Heat game? I said, probably not. Um, LeBron's out. And they go, why shouldn't I then? Because the Heat do not show up when there's not talent on the other side. They always play up the talent. And then you had a, a nice win against the Suns, a win you should have got against the Nets. And then I missed last night's game. But, you know, just getting on Twitter and seeing 40 free throws and Dwayne Dedman chucking a massage gun across the court was all I needed to see, honestly. I couldn't agree anything anymore. And Cheyenne, what about you? I honestly was most impressed by the Suns game this week. I think that defensively, that's how we dominated that entire game. Like you said, I think they may have gotten the lead only one time. And it was like, what, two points? And then we got the, got the lead back eventually. And uh, I wish I could say they played with that same intensity that they played in the Suns game in the rest of the games, except for the Nets game. Because they did really play really well that game. And that was definitely considered a W in my eyes. And I'm sure everybody else's eyes, too. Um, But I was really impressed. I feel like for us to have so many injuries this week, I think that we've excelled and, you know, risen to the occasion as much as we can. So I'm happy with it. Right. And, you know, I'm glad you brought that up because I I can't believe I didn't even mention the fact that we played last night's game without four of our main starters like Bam, Caleb, Tyler, Kyle. Like they were all out. It was basically Jimmy and the third stringers again, you know, going back to his days in Minnesota when they had that infamous practice. So for us to do that and to get the win, you know, that was great to see. Now, obviously, he, Jimmy did get some help with having a guy like Victor coming off of... Wait, no. Was he come? Yeah. Wait, did Victor come off the bench? I forgot. Because I think it was, like, Jimmy and four um undrafted players in the starting Yeah, game. Victor's, yeah Victor's Vic- come off Vic's the bench, off the bench. this year. All right, yeah. So, yeah. He, they, he had Victor coming off the bench last night. And with him by his side, we were able to get the win. But still, to see him take the floor with four undrafted players in the starting lineup and get the W like that, that just continues to help me in my Jimmy agenda. So I'm all for it. And uh, Kay, what's your mind? What's on your mind? Yeah, man, I'll just take the games and, you know, least I would say in least importance of what I really have to say on it. Um, Oklahoma city, <clears throat> the most recent game, uh, it was a game as everybody has mentioned, that was, you know, one came where they came in, you know, banged up severely, um, Jimmy and Victor Oladipo were able to make enough plays in the end to get a win over a high-output Thunder team. Um, they're not a team that you're expecting to make noise, but they can put up points on you when you're as banged up as the Heat. You just, you know, appreciate being able to, you know, make the type of plays the way that you made them in the end. Um, and, of course, with a little luck, it was Kimrick Williams, Mr. Shaq himself, that missed the free throws, by the way, um, you know, making those hustle plays at the end to win that game. You just really appreciate seeing them get it done like that. Um, then you take a look back at the Brooklyn game. Um, the Brooklyn game, as we all know, controversially ended. Jimmy got fouled, but like you said, he said the right thing that he should have made the layup and that he didn't get fouled. But then, you know, in the back end of that, about 15 minutes later, when Spoh was at the podium, um, he said the right thing as well. They both can be right, which they both were. 
Um, Spo was like, he certainly deserved the opportunity to go shoot free throws because there was major contact with the body where the defender, Royce O'Neal, I believe it was, lunged right at Jimmy. Like, that's a foul in the purest sense of the word. Um, so, you know, it, it, it all's well to ends well. They play well in that game, and we don't have any more victories, but you like what you saw if you've just been a realist about it all. Some people are going to say KD went down, but then you think about the fact that Bam Adebayo was down for most of the end of that game as well. So it was a pretty even thing. Um, and I know that we have a game that I haven't mentioned because of the Lakers game. Um, I mean, basically – the Suns game, we were supposed to win that game. We didn't let um, Washington go off on us. So that was all I, you know, Chris Paul didn't play. Devin Booker wasn't there. Aiden really, Aiden is okay. He's not as good as people think he is. He's a little, still a little too wincy for me, but that's a different debate for another day. So that's a winnable game. And the Lakers game, this is what I really have a lot to say on. Um, and I know it seems like I always say a lot because I do. So bear with me a couple more minutes. When you think about the Lakers, there's a couple things at work there. Like, yeah. We have the tendency to play down, which is, you know, always something you think about. But I don't think it was as much that as much as the puzzle pieces. Um, one of those situations where they have to figure it out. And that's something they dealt with all season long, too, especially with Tyler Hero starting and all of that and where he's best. And Hero um, being staggered with the bench guys by Spo and all that jazz. So that was more one of those things, because if you look back at the Clippers game, Jimmy Butler kind of chilled out and they still won because he helped make plays in the end. But Tyler and Bam both went off. Well, Tyler struggled against the Lakers. So Jimmy got active a little earlier than he did against the Clippers. But it still was one of those things where they were trying to figure out how to get them all going at the same time. And that ended up burning them in the end. Now, that's on the Heat side. But you also have to look at the Lakers side and thinking about it. And we should have won that game. So this is no excuse. But traditionally, when LeBron's second best player is a guard, it doesn't work as well or there are certain nuances that have to be taken for that to work as well when his second best player or when one of his next best players is a big. Now, even with the big three, it worked well because Chris Bosh was able to sacrifice, but you know, they had that whole thing with D-Wade taking a step back. When you look at the Cavaliers, Kyrie Irving wanted to get up out of there because he couldn't take purely being a number two to LeBron's number one. But when you look at Kevin Love and Anthony Davis, that works. Because LeBron is essentially the point guard, the two guard, the small forward, whatever he wants to be on any given possession. And you can do all the big man stuff. Well, not that a team with Russell Westbrook and Dennis Schroeder, who have both been extremely high level players in this league. Um, not that a team like that is better than a team led by LeBron, because that's just blasphemy. But it's just as hard to beat, because even though they aren't that high level, as talented as LeBron, they still do it in a way that puts major pressure on you because you have two guards that are interchangeable that can make things happen for the whole team. And that inevitably makes everybody much better than they are. We still should have won that game. It was just a lot of thinking done. Like, why did we lose this game? And that's what I came away with. That would be my biggest takeaways from that. But like I said, overall, good couple of games. I can't complain. Right. And that's honestly a good way to really look about it. I mean, you know, I know, especially like from what I mentioned earlier, you know, we're all kind of frustrated with the fact that not only the Heat lost to a shorthanded team, but, you know, you look at the track history for the squad. But, you know, with the points you mentioned as well, you know, regarding some of the things that just did not went our way that game, you know, there's also that point to really look at it. And, you know, overall, I'm just glad that we can come on this pod and talk after a win. So there's always that. And hopefully we can just keep on stacking more dubs because let's see, what's our record right now? 22 and 20, 21 and 20, 
I've been, I haven't been keeping up with it because it feels like we've been a little up and down. Like, does anyone know the exact number? Let's see. Uh, at this exact moment, I was waiting for somebody to step up. I hate to be the guy. Twenty-two and twenty. There you go. I, <laughs> I didn't I, realize yeah. my mic was still muted. I was sitting uh, there saying it. I'm like, oh, wait a minute. I said it too, and I was like, "Bang!" They can't even hear me. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so we just be trying to give somebody else a chance to talk. I'm sorry. <laughs> so yeah, so we 22 and 20, and I just want to see more W's real soon because I just want there to be a noticeable difference between you know the W's and the L's. You know, get stay way above the 500 mark if you know what I mean. So. You know, and we will have the trade deadline coming up soon, and we'll have a lot more discussions about that and the potential targets. But until then, you know, I do want to focus on something that happened last night during that game against the Thunder. Um, like I mentioned, um, you know, while I was giving my opening thoughts to start this pod off, like one thing I would never thought we'd have to mention in one of these pods is that Dwayne Dedman threw a gun onto the court. And that's so crazy to think about. And in case y'all missed it, basically, um, Dwayne Dedman, he got a little frustrated. He went to the bench and was kind of yelling at Spo and Karan Butler. And it led to a point where he went back to the locker room. And as he did that, he threw the um, massage gun, to be more exact, onto the court. Um, the ref saw this and essentially threw Dwayne Dedman out. And that basically was that. And, um, you know, I know it basically had a lot of people talking on Twitter. Some people are looking at this and thinking that it's Dwayne Dedman's final game with the Heat. I mean, I, I mean, I don't know if we'll expect him to be off the team immediately after that because we know that's not really how this type of thing works out. But I don't know. It's probably leading to the point where I feel like Miami is going to give someone like Orlando more minutes and Honestly, I feel like that should be the case because I do see a lot of potential with Orlando. But overall, you know, it's crazy to see the way how everything unfolded last night with him. And I just want to know, like, what's going through y'all minds specifically, you know, when you watch that whole thing go down the way how it did. And um, let's see. We'll start off with you, Cheyenne. I just want to say you have me cracking up when you keep saying that there was a gun on the floor. <laughs> <laughs> like too much Joel you're crazy <laughs> honestly that was like the funniest I mean that might have no it's not as funny as when uh when uh freaking Caleb got into a fight it's not as funny <laughs> as that but it's definitely close it's right behind it um honestly last game saying that is Deadman's last game that's pushing it like I don't think that um it's that deep. We've seen Spo argue with Jimmy before. I'm trying to think who else has gotten into it with the staff on the sidelines. Like it's happened before. So I don't think it's as D Way, Mario Chalmers, uh, exactly. A couple more guys. Exactly. Hassan. There's a list. <laughs> so I think it'll be fine. I think that. I don't know what exactly could have started that. People were saying it was a trade announcement. That would be really funny. We'll find out, I guess. But um, yeah, I mean, if it if it leads to Deadman minutes diminishing, I'm all here for it. Honestly, he might have did everybody a favor by doing that. Like, I don't mind to see Robinson 
and Jamal Kane and like all the new guys get those extra minutes. I was kind of bummed out that Jovic was um injured or I don't even know why he ended up sitting out. Injured, um, yeah. Injured? Okay. Yeah, that sucks because I, I was like hoping to see him step up and get some more minutes in there. But Robinson wasn't too bad. I mean, he had some big shoes to fill with Bam being out. So it's kind of like he did what he could do. I agree, you know, and I'll say it like this. Um, with with the Dwayne Dedman thing, you know, to look at it from a positive standpoint, the last time we got in a fight on the bench, we had like some sort of altercation on our own bench. The Heat ended up finishing first place in the Eastern Conference. So, you know, I mean, some people might look at this from a negative standpoint, but we know goodness always comes from these types of incidents. So, I just got to say, we might have to give a huge shout out to Dwayne Dedman if we end up finishing first in the Eastern Conference. So potential big ups to you, man. Do your thing. And uh, Kay, what about you? I mean, Dedman's a jackass for what he did, first of all. Let's just get that out there. Um, he has to have a better head on his shoulders. And I also want to, you know, get this out there. It's like people tend to think that I'm like this huge Dwayne Dedman supporter. Or, like, this huge, you know, mechanic fan. It's like, I mean, I'm not not a fan of what he does, but it's like I'm not on his bandwagon caper for him as much as I'm saying, show me a better option. If he's on this roster, play him. And Orlando Robinson is improving. He's steadily improving. But there are still situations out there on the floor, such as last night, where he scrambled around for a rebound, and when he get a rebound and bring it down, and a Wiggins or a Kimrick Williams or a guy that's five inches shorter than him can still make him bobble the ball around and cost us the possession. Like, he still has lapses where he has to continue to grow. And I know that court time is going to help him improve there, which he should get, especially if Dwayne Demon isn't 100% with that foot. However, his expertise and his physicality for all of his antics does play a part. And this is what I find myself wanting to ask people, but people are too willing to engage in hyperbole and reality and the social media and trying to win the argument of it all that they're never real with themselves, me, or the conversation. As I stated, point me to a better option. Two, why does the Hall of Fame coach and the Hall of Fame general manager continue to put him out there on the floor? Ask them. That's all I'm saying. Now, this isn't his last game. Again, it was a jackass move last night. He has to know better because we don't have that many guys available. We're small from the get-go, and you see that this rookie is still a little green. So even if you can only give us six minutes, we need the best six minutes you can give us, and we darn sure need you available for those six minutes. Um, You got to be better, man. You got to be better. It, it just pisses me off that guys that know better in situations – don't have their heads on their shoulders. And that goes from him. That goes from a guy that commits a silly foul. That goes from a guy that gets in the shooter's area. That goes to Kyle Laurie when he's reaching in in a crucial moment and know he shouldn't be. I mean, that goes for everybody. So that's what really pissed me off. Um, he should know better. But as you stated, the last time this happened, the Heat finished with the one seed. And people are always trashing this era and trashing this core. But the same core is the one that has been to a conference finals and an NBA finals in the last three years. Mm-hmm. I released the rest of my time to the host. <laughs> but, you know, 
I totally agree with you because, I mean, I'll say it like this, you know, regarding playing Dwayne Dedman, I mean, people just got to remember that right now, like, we're just at a point where we don't have much to give because, you know, it doesn't help that you have a guy like Omer who's sitting out and it doesn't help that you have a guy like Orlando who's on a two-way contract, meaning that there's only so much games you can actually play in it. So, at the end of the day, you got to make the best with what you got, which I know is what you mentioned, Kay. And I just couldn't agree anymore with that because it's all true. And, you know, if if people want to get mad at the fact that we gave him the contract that we gave him um, in the offseason, obviously it was with the mentality that we could include him in a trade. And maybe that does end up being the route the Heat does take in a few weeks from now. We'll see. But Overall, I mean, regarding playing him, I mean, I just feel like you don't have a choice because, you know, with, you know, Orlando's contract situation, with the way out of two-way works, and with Omer being out for God knows how much longer, like, you just got to work with what you got unless you want to put a guy that's like five inches shorter as your starting center because that, well, not your starting center, but still have him on your floor as your um, big guy, you know, because there was I mean- a point... And not to cut back in on you, unless we want to kill Jimmy, because if you'll notice late in the game, the guy that was running the role, the role man, the big man with Victor Oladipo was Jimmy Butler. I mean, that's our only other available option. Play Dwayne Dedman or kill Jimmy Butler, who only plays 65% of the games anyway. I'm a little frustrated. I'm sorry. (laughs) (laughs) Nah, I I get you. Yeah, yep. And like you mentioned, Jimmy was playing the five. I think Jamal Cain also played some time there as well, so... It's not easy for Miami when the option at the five is so limited. Like, we all focus on, you know, the situation we have right now with the power forwards and the fact that we don't really have a true four as our starter. But the same thing goes with our situation at the five, too. I mean, obviously, we don't make a big deal about it because at the end of the day, we got one of the best centers in the league in someone like Bam. So, we don't stress about it too much. But even then, you know, when you look at the depth we got in that position specifically, you know, it's not something we should really be a big fan of. And that's what leads to the type of situation where we do have to play a guy like Deadman because we really don't have a choice, you know. But, you know, that's one way that we got to look at it specifically. And I want to know, like, Nick, what about you? Like, what do you think about all this? I mean... Like Kay said, we really don't have a better option. I mean, you have Orlando with his learning curves, but I would almost just rather suffer through the Orlando um, learning curves than play Deadman anymore. Because I, ever since he the ball got stolen from him while he was complaining to the ref, I, I already hated him, but now I just hate him. Can't stand him. I'd rather Orlando learning curves than watch that guy play basketball, honestly. And not to cut you off, Nick, but that's no, as bad sentiment as I've heard. If you will, if if you can deal with that without also complaining that the rookie is, guess what? Being a rookie, then oh, we yeah. can live with that. But you got people out here that are going to trash Orlando when he get out there and be a rookie and lose the ball against Washington and not give us an opportunity for the layup to tie the game or win the ball game. And then you also got the same people that's going to trash Deadman. I'm like, well, what do you want? Spo to play the five? Karan retired. <laughs> He can't play. Like, what you want? <laughs> no, that's true. I was oh, going to no, say that. He's kind of chunky nowadays. He might be able to run the center position. Oh, no. He can definitely <laughs> clog the paint up. And Tough Juice is named Tough Juice for a reason. We just don't know how many games in a five-game span he's going to be able to give us. 
if we give him four games to get his stuff back together, I think he could give us something. It'd be legendary. You know, good. <laughs> I mean, good points all along, but I mean, you know, Karan, I mean, if you're hearing this, man, we love to have you at the five, bro. You know, let's try to do whatever we can to sort of bolster that depth up we got, you know, for that five position. But, you know, overall, you know, it was just crazy looking back at this whole situation. So I'm glad we could talk about it. Um, For this next part of the convo, we're going to get into a bit of a potpourri, which I'm going to have K um, lead. But before we get into that, we just got to quickly go into a word from one of our sponsors. Uh, before we get into that, let me just get this ready. All right, there we go. Anyways, with that being said, the NFL playoff picture is locked in and my go-to place for wildcard round action is DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. To kick off the road to Super Bowl 57, new customers can bet just $5 and get 200 in free bets instantly. Plus, all new and existing customers can get a no-sweat bet each day of the wildcard round this weekend. Just place any NFL bet of your choice, and if it loses, you'll get a free bet back up to $10. Action so good, why bet NFL playoffs anywhere else? Now, I'm a big Miami Dolphins fan, but I don't know, man. It's not looking that good for us because we're going against the Bills without Tua. So, I mean, I'm always going to be a positive fan and root for the Dolphins, but if I got to put my money on a team right now to win this game, I don't know if I could ride with the Dolphins, but so it's been confirmed that Tua isn't rocking. It's been confirmed. Yep. Yeah, they confirmed. Ah, today, sadly. That's tough. That's tough. Yeah. So what? What's what's Bridgewater's pinky look like? Not to get too far off topic. Um, I from what I've heard, it's still not looking good. So we probably got to give Skylar Thompson more minutes. Ah, uh, that that's gonna be rough. <laughs> if Bridgewater can go, you got a shot because yeah, the yeah, is I'm, I'm getting to the injury report. You guys keep talking. Right. I'm getting the injury report up. Right. But yeah, so download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use code TBPN and new customers can get um can bet $5 on the NFL and get 200 in free bets instantly. Only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code TBPN. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. Anyways, with that all being said, um Nick, is there anything that you wanted to quickly add before we get into this topic? Bridgewater's questionable. That's all. I've added it. Okay. <laughs> well, well, your bet. There's your bets and your hopes on the Dolphins. If Bridgewater can go, you might have a shot. I, I can't. Thompson didn't show me anything, though. We can move on. Yeah. <laughs> all right. So, Kay, with that being said, the floor is all yours. Let's get Ab- this going. Absolutely, man. I appreciate the stage. I always love to have it, as everybody and you all out there know. Um, just wanted to get a couple quick hit of papery type topics in, man. Um, nothing major that we should spend a long time on, but just you know, little nuggets worthy of hitting on. I um, mean, I'm just gonna throw these out and talk as I do. Um, and we could just get a minute or two in on all of these topics. And I would say the first one has to be the Duncan Robinson injury. Um, we the way the shows have failed, we haven't really had a chance to dive into that with the holidays and the breaks and all. But just like the implications, how you feel about it? Does anybody have thoughts on it? Because I had a little quick blurb that might, you know, introduce some thoughts. And basically it was like he was starting to resurge. Max struggling. And though he's bounced back, you know, you still want to have as many shooters on the floor as possible because nobody absolutely still bends a court like Duncan Robinson except Steph Curry. And it was visible when he was on 
three or four defenders still keeping an eye on him and two is still running towards him. And with the BAM playing as he is, the impact is different because now you can't cheat. So at this point, you know, he's hurt. And when he comes back, it'll help. But I just look towards the trade situation where a lot of people are speculating there. With him being out, it might be hard to trade him. So that's just a little interesting couple of nuggets that I had there. Did anybody else have anything on Duncan? Yeah, I mean, I basically agree with exactly what you were saying. Duncan was starting to look a little bit like Duncan again, and just getting him injured decimated any little trade value he had. I mean, yeah, just to chime in on that. I mean, I'm on the same mentality, too, where, you know, it messes up the trade value because we already heard, like, you already had people coming out with the reports that apparently there are these executives saying that, you know, Duncan apparently has one of the worst contracts in the league. So to have something like that come out and then right when he was really starting to, you know, bring more value to his, um, what's it called, trade value altogether, like... For him to do that and then, you know, suffer this type of injury, you know, it's really tough to see. Um, at the same time, like it's it's tough because the only thing, the only way I feel like you can ever really get Duncan involved in a trade is unless you trade for some sort of massive contract that's out there. So unless like, I don't know, some player comes in mind where the Heat want to include him for that for a guy who has like a massive contract or something like that. Maybe they're overpaid, but the Heat still want to give that specific player a chance. Y'all can tell me. I don't have anyone that comes to mind. You know, if any sort of player that comes to mind that the Heat would be willing to, you know, acquire that type of ugly contract and throw in Duncan's type of contract to make the money work, I can see that as a potential way for a trade to happen. But until then, aside from that, like regarding like a major piece, you know, whether if it's for a role player or whoever, like I just don't see it because I know sometimes we like to flirt the idea of, oh, maybe you could trade for a guy like a role player like this or that for just dunking straight up. Like regarding something like that specifically taking place, I don't see that happening unless maybe the player that we're looking at is also injured or is going through some sort of drama where it's at the point where the team that he's with is just trying to trade him because they've just had enough at this point. And that's my biggest thing with Duncan, Joel. You mentioned it. It's a great point. Um, With Duncan Robinson at this particular juncture and where he was on his shooting slump, at any point, if you were able to get a deal, it was going to be at 35 cent on the dollar at max my whole thing with trading him is one even at 50 cent on the dollar he's still more valuable to us tilting defenses and stretching the floor than what we get back from in a trade but if you must move him if you must for some unbeknownst reason to me when his value is so low you have to at least get 60 to 75 cents on the dollar for him you can't move him for anything less than that because if you do you're shooting yourself in the foot because you already gave him the deal. Did you have anything to add to that, Cheyenne? Okay, Loki, I stepped away, so my bad. <laughs> All good. We were just talking about Duncan's injury and how that might impact his trade value, um, his return as a shooter, just the whole Duncan situation and how that impacts the team and how they might go forth with anything, transactions, play on the court, yada, 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 anything you might want to add on. I heard you. I just couldn't get to the unmute button fast enough so personally i want to keep duncan 
I don't really care too much about his trade value. And I know that sounds crazy, but the lack of three-point shooters we have this season is so embarrassing. Like, I can't even afford to think about, like, losing Duncan, even though he's hurt right now. Like, his potential, to me personally, outweighs the fact of his trade value at this point because it's so low, like you've been saying. Like, it's so low that, like, we might as well keep our assets. I mean, I know we have Hero, but Struess hasn't been showing up. He's been MIA. Uh, and at this point, if Robinson was getting his minutes and he was healthy, I do feel like when he was playing that he was contributing like a good three ball every time he was coming in. So I, I don't really want to play too much into the whole trade value of Duncan because it's nothing. Like, just keep him. I totally agree. Um, a couple of things, Shine. I don't care what they say about you out here in these Twitter streets. Me and you are here. Because they be saying, I'm just playing. Um, the thing about it is, <laughs> the thing about it is, I think that's subconsciously why I went there in my head, to be honest with you. Because you guys know, I've been there for so long, too. And it has something to do with the fact that he shot so well for us before the slump that he deserved at least a chance to bounce back from the first slump we've seen in his career, not only did he shoot so well, but he was the elite of the elite. Like if he wasn't in your top three list of shooters, then your list is irrelevant. It's void. It's moot. It doesn't exist. Your opinion doesn't matter. Um, Cause when he had it, he had it. And then as you mentioned, Shine, like he's so valuable to us as a shooter right now, because yeah, Max Strauss has had a good couple of games as in the last two, but before that he had about seven or eight where he was like, yo, we got to find somebody to take these minutes. And then Duncan gets hurt. But, um, you know, it's an interesting situation, something to definitely keep an eye on. We'll always keep the reports, and I'm sure as we do this thing, um, we'll keep, you know, those updates coming. The second item that I wanted to touch on, uh, and we touched on it a bit so far, is Victor Oladipo. Um, I mean, look, you can't say enough how good he's been for us in the last couple of games. Actually, since his return, you've just started to notice more of that stuff occurring as he's ramped up his conditioning and comfort with his body and doing certain things and all of that jazz, um, because he does finally look comfortable. And now this all started for me in Utah. And I wrote this on all you can You can check me out for all your written needs. Um, basically that play in Utah where he dunked on Walker Kessler's head and they're still looking for Walker Kessler because he left the arena and nobody's seen him since. Um, like that showed me that that pop is back. And when you got a guy that got it done in a way that he did, off the bounce, gritty, uh, just doing the hard stuff well, but then it being able to be a tough shot maker, that athletic pop is what finishes that. So seeing him able to do that comfortably, um, you know, driving down the middle of the defense, all of that jazz, that gave me hope. Um, I still think he needed to get back a little bit of that second gear explosiveness where he could give you that straight line, stop, and then get it back real quick and still explode. But he showed you a little bit of that in the OKC game when he came down. Um, they were on the far side of the court. He crossed the man over, got into the lane off of the spin move, took two steps and jumped off one foot, stopping on a dime and finger rolled it at the same time. So you see all of that coming back. But just comments on where you guys think Villa, Victor Oladipo is right now and what he can mean for this team. Because I think that he's showing us a special version of himself again. And he is you know, that big time acquisition that we were hoping he would be when we gave him that deal this summer. 
So I just wanted to pop in real fast because now that you brought up Depot, that like unloads a whole lot of baggage. It's like I have a love-hate feeling about Depot's return right now just because what were we waiting for? Like what were we waiting so long? I know he was recovering, but like was there – I just feel like he could have returned for him to be doing all that he's doing on the court right now. Like you just mentioned, like dunking the ball, you know, exploding in defense and offensive possessions. Like I just wish they would have gave him that green light just a little bit sooner. Cause we needed it so bad. And I feel like our record would, would have been better if he would have played earlier in the season. So it's kind of like hard because I know they were waiting for him to be at his 100% potential and all that, which, of course, you know, safety first. Like, I want Depot to be healthy, but we really did need him. So I wish they would have gave that green light just a bit sooner. Man, you know, for me personally, I just got to say, you know, Kehinde Babatunde Victor Oladipo, you know. That is good, man. And he pronounced it so well. That was good, Joel. Oh, yeah, Joel, one of us. Joel, one of us. Yo, man, like, I just got to call that man by his name because I'm just so happy for that dude because, you know what, like, obviously, like, with Victor, I mean, he has not been playing, like, an all-star level, but just to see that man go out there and, you know, take on that role of coming off the bench and playing great minutes for us, like, I just love it, you know, like, I think he's he's grabbing, grabbing like, 1.8 steals per game. I know that's kind of high up there on the steal leaders list, so there's that. He's also getting it together on offense, and, you know, he's averaging, like, what, about, like, 13-something points per game or something, or I don't know the exact average, so don't take my word for it. But I know he's been averaging double figures on offense as well these past few games, and it's all just been pleasing to see, and, the thing that kind of warms my heart, and I'm not trying to get my hopes up too much on this, but still something to really think about is the fact that we don't even know if this is Victor's final form. Like, we don't even know, like, if there's still any rust that he's holding back on. Because there's a chance that as this season goes on, like, this dude is going to continue to look even better than before. Like, we're sitting here and we're so hyped up about what we're seeing right now, but... Who knows what else we could potentially see because he's still, what's the word I'm looking for? He's still rehabbing from that injury, you know. He's still trying to break that rust off. And, you know, we just have not, in my opinion at least, we have not seen, you know, that final stage of what a healthy Victor Oladipo can do. And from seeing what we've seen so far, I feel like it just goes to show exactly how much we're going to really see, you know, once that full package pulls up. Because to see him play at this level and to potentially think, like, wow, like, there might be more that he still has left to show us. Like, it makes you so excited. And it's honestly been one of, if not, maybe one of the biggest, brightest things to really look at this season. Because I know 
everyone's been kind of bummed. Everyone's been kind of hating on all of the L's we've took this year. But if there's been any sort of thing to be happy about this year, it is for that man, Victor. Because I know I speak for Heat fans everywhere when I say that we have all been rooting for him to succeed and to see him do it. I don't care how how he's doing it, you know, whether if it's on a defensive end or on the offensive end or on both ends of the floor. To see that man thrive in whatever way he possibly could, that's all that matters to me because we all know his story. We all know the things he had to get through just to get to this point, just to see him thrive. Like that's all that matters to me and nothing else right now. And I mean, to Shah's point, um, I agree. I would have liked to see him come back a little sooner, but the reports indicated that he was compensating for the knee that had those issues by putting too much weight on the off knee, which was leading to discomfort there. So I'm thinking they just wanted to, you know, protect him from himself, as I mentioned in the actual chat, um, to basically make sure that he didn't hurt that knee. So maybe we wouldn't have gotten what we got now had they come back early. Now, for clarity, I agree with you. I wish you like, yo, don't hold him back. Like, you got a Corvette. Put that Corvette on the road. But, you know, sometimes you got to make sure the tie is good and check the oil twice and make sure you all lubed up everywhere you're supposed to be lubed up at so you don't burn every bearing you got in the car. To Joel's point, um, I agree, man, and that's my thing. The rehab situation, the physical stuff I spoke of was what I meant. I agree with you there. I think now that the rehab is more mental, it's that do I trust my body? Do I trust my body enough to do this and know that when I'm done doing this, I'm still going to be whole? And I think the emotion, the passion, the effort, the want to, the grit, the determination, the intelligence, the moments, the clutchness, the big timiness with which he's doing this stuff is why I call it special. And I think that's him fully trusting it again. Now, after hearing all this, Nick, what you got? Because I'm sure you have some beautiful stuff to add. I mean, I I agree. Like letting Victor rest and properly take it and slowly getting him into the game was the right idea. Like when he's first started and he was getting like, five or six points a game and wasn't really attacking the hoop. I'm sure he was being told, Hey, try to be less aggressive, just coming on the defensive end. And that was like the scheme for him. Just uh, like get him back in gingerly. Cause you don't want Vic getting hurt. Cause Vic came here for four games and got hurt. And then Vic comes back finally at the end of the season, plays for the off season gets hurt. So, I mean, they took their time with him and, you know, knock on wood, keep your fingers crossed. If Vic can stay healthy and stay at this level, He's either taking a starting spot or making a run for back-to-back six mans of the year. Ooh, yeah. that's spicy, Nick. That's yeah. spicy. Oh, you know what? I, just, I ain't I'm, even going to lie. I ain't even going to lie. I've been thinking that, too. I mean, listen, all love to Kyle, man. I've been a little annoyed with him, but I'm not opposed to that idea. It's been on my mind for a while as well. Like Me the, neither. And this, not to cut you off, Nick. If, no, you're if, good. If, if, if I don't mind that, right? But if you're going to leave Tyler in the starting unit, I need Vic on that second unit being my star for my second unit. Yeah, but no. I agree with you. And I know what you're saying. He's playing and, like a starter. And, and But six men of the year is up for grabs. Like, I'm just looking at the odds right now. And Westbrook has the highest odds to win it. And next is Jordan Poole. And, Jordan Poole and is, Vic can beat them both. And Jordan Poole is the streakiest player I've ever watched play the sport. And Do y'all what, remember when they were comparing him to Tyler Hero? It's not. Yeah. Like, I mean – He'll go for 51 game and then he'll get five for the next three. Like he's so streaky. Talk about it. And then Westbrook is just, you know, he puts up his stats. So, I mean, if Vic can stay healthy, Vic is currently at the, hold on, hold on, quick math. One, two, three, four, 
five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelfth highest odds for six man of the year, and he's played half the amount of games of any of these guys. So he's moving up, and that'd be cool. Get back to back six mans, be fun. I just hope Vic can stay healthy and just stay dominant on the defensive end of the ball. And if he gets the buckets, that's great too. Mm-hmm. And one thing I just want to quickly put out there, you know, with Victor is that, like, here's my thing with it. You know, I think for him specifically, I think if he can just get it, you know, if once we know he's completely at the point where, you know, he's completely comfortable, then I feel like I'll be more fine with seeing what I see because every now and then, like, the way how I'm trying to go with this right now is sometimes, like, I don't know about y'all, but. I get nervous whenever I see this man go for a major highlight. Like, I don't know yeah. about uh, yeah, like, no, I, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, I remember he went for that one big dunk against Phoenix, and um, he missed the dunk, but he got the foul call. I remember, like, I, I watched it and I was so nervous because I was low key getting PTSD of the same dunk that he did against um, LA that led to that injury a couple seasons ago. and you know, if he's fully healthy at this point, you know, I'm completely happy to, you know, see him do these types of dunks, you know, without having to worry about potential injuries and stuff. I just need to make sure that man is completely at that point where we don't have to sit here and worry about, you know, anything like that taking place. Because to watch that man do the type of stuff that he does, like, it's great to see because I honestly feel like I be getting flashes of Indiana Victor every now and then, you know? Like, I don't know if it's the same Whoa, for you. Whoa, not too much, Joe. <laughs> flashes. I just see flashes. I ain't saying we getting that exactly from him, but, like, every now and then, like, I be seeing flashes of that. And, you know, even though it's no promise for sure that we'll, we'll ever see Indiana Victor play on this team, you know, just to see, you know, small glimpses of it every now and then is nice. So, you know, I just want to see him continue to do his thing because, like I said before, you know, it's definitely been one of the biggest bright spots for the Heat, you know, when you look at these past 42 games. And I hate to be a waffler, but when y'all both right, y'all both right. Shy, you got a point. We can be easy there. But, Joe, you do have a point because he's doing things that are making me say, whoa, whoa, whoa. Like uh, in the OKC game, he was being trapped on the wing, baseline, deep left corner by Jalen Williams um, and another guy. I want to say Josh Giddy. And what he did to avoid the trap was he maintained this pace enough with Giddy behind him, but he kept tinkering with Williams and his placement like he kept hitting them with sudden feints. And it was so quick and steady that Williams had to give him space because he was so scared that Depot was just going to go past him. And a guy with quick twitch, that multiple-time all-star quick twitch that Depot had and still has in there but has to show us more consistently before we say he's back to Indiana, it's still there. We, we are seeing flashes. So I agree with you both there. Um, and, and mentioning multiple-time all-stars or multiple all-stars rather – um, that would be the last piece of puppery we dove into before we got back to the regular schedule of the program here. There's been a debate going around Heat social media. Um, and when you think about the Miami Heat, you have Bam Adebayo, you have Tyler Hero, and you have, of course, the best player on the team, Jimmy Butler, um, all in contention to be All-Stars. All of them could be All-Stars. The Miami Heat's record and how they play up and down this year probably deems that they get one All-Star. It's possible that they get two if the people know what they're looking at. 
Um, but you know, they may only get one. Let's say they only get one, and I'll actually go last here. And since Nick has been so kind and patient to go, you know, near the end on the first two pieces of topic here, uh, let's let him go here first. Uh, if you had to choose one guy, um, for the all star from the Miami Heat, who would it be? Why, and what's your whole read on the situation, Nick? I mean, I I think just because of our record, yeah, we're only going to get one. I think Bam and Jimmy both should be All-Stars because, I mean, Bam, I think Bam is more deserving All-Star this year, but I do agree with Kay that Jimmy is the best player on the team, but that doesn't always mean he's the most deserving All-Star. I mean, Jimmy will miss time. He'll load manage. But, I mean, one of my favorite quotes from Jimmy, I don't remember when he said it or what team he was on when he said it, but he said a quote once, I'm stronger than you, I'm faster than you, and I'm going to show you. And, I mean, Jimmy Butler is the best player on the floor against almost any team. But So I think we should have two, but I think Jimmy's early season injury could hold us to only getting one. But with Jimmy's dominant play as of late, he might be able to get in, but I would say if I had to pick one, I'd pick Bam. Uh, so for me personally, like, you know, I, I do see the Bam take, especially because, you know, when you look at the fact that I think, does he still lead the Heat in scoring? Because I know his scoring um, look. He kind of dropped a little bit, like a couple of decimal points. And I don't know exactly how close it is, you know, does scoring. He still does. All right, so to be the scoring leader for the Heat right now and everything, like, I feel like that alone should give him a huge boost in why he should be that one all-star for the Heat if we only do end up getting one to go to Utah for this all-star game. But, you know, at the same time, I mean, both of y'all mentioned it. Like, Jimmy's impact is there, you know? Like, Jimmy is so important to this team in so many ways that, it's so hard to imagine him being the odd man out for this or being one of the odd man out. But at the end of the day, it's like, I wouldn't be surprised if they didn't, um, if they didn't pick Bam, but pick Jimmy instead. I'll go with like this from most deserved to probably most likely won't get it. I feel like Bam, Jimmy, and it can be interchangeable. And then Tyler last, it's no shade against Tyler because the thing you got to remember is that he's playing at a position where it's so stacked. Like, there's so many talented guys who play this, the position that he plays at. So, it's simply not the fact that he isn't good enough to be an all-star. But because there is so much competition at the role he plays at, you know, it's kind of tough, you know, to see him get that type of spot for the all-star game. So, overall, if I got to go with likeliest to unlikeliest it's bam jimmy like i said interchangeable with those two and then tyler at third place so hey, jimmy would probably be so excited if he didn't make the all-star game though yeah that is true yep <laughs> y'all already know that man does not want to be in utah we saw that same thing last year you know when he was in cleveland like that man was willing to take a whole fine just to get the hell up out of there so I mean, by all means necessary, just give it to Bam and we could just go from there. No, I definitely agree. I think that um, how you were saying Hero, his position, like, it's just so stacked. Like, I would love to see him play in an all-star game, but I also don't think he would show up the way that Jimmy or Bam would show up. Like, as far as competition-wise, I don't feel like – no disrespect to Hero, because, you know, I'm a number one Hero stan. 
I just don't think, like you said, that he matches up level-wise to be able to deserve to play, and that's just me being honest. Um, so if I had to pick one, I'm going to pick Jimmy, just to be different. I'm going to pick Jimmy because I think that he, even though he might not ha be having his best season um, this year, I still feel like he would rise to the occasion, especially being picked as an all-star. So I'm going to go with Jimmy. Um, yeah, I, I basically agree with, you know, what you guys had to say there in a uh, star there. We lost Nick. He actually has some things to do. So we appreciate his time and, you know, everything like that. But when you think about the all-star situation, I describe it like this from a real, a real one perspective. This is just a Heat fan perspective when I say a real one perspective. Tyler, they are all playing at an all-star level. Let's just be honest. Um, but Tyler still has more to prove to us. You have to do this across the course of a year. And that's just not just from a Heat. It shouldn't. That's from an everybody perspective, but how Heat fans specifically would see it. Um, and then Jimmy, as you will have so brilliantly mentioned, doesn't even want to be there in the first place. And we all know that. So we don't want it for him because he don't want it for himself. Lastly, when you consider Bam, who is the leading scorer, who you know um, is the anchor to this team, the linchpin, he makes it all go defensively as well. And with him finally arriving in the way that we've wanted him to arrive for the last three seasons, he's the guy. So if you want to rank it, it goes Bam, number one, Jimmy, number two, and Tyler, number three. But uh, let's keep it funky. They all could be all-stars. They just won't be. If they were number two, one seed in the conference, then it's very likely that all three of them would be all-stars. Can we agree? Oh, for sure. Yeah, I I definitely hear you. Yeah. So, that you know, that's that's probably how that's going to end up, though. But I think the consensus is. And, and again, Shai, you're right. Jimmy could be an all-star. And I, it wouldn't shock me if he's voted there as a reserve. It, it still wouldn't shock me. Um, so if you get two, it's going to be Jimmy and Bam. But, you know, if you had to choose one for me, it would probably be Bam. And that's mostly because we know Jimmy don't want to be there. And Jimmy has missed time. But Jimmy is the best player on the floor when it matters. And if you're just talking, you had to take, you know, 10 guys, crunch time, winning your important ball games, and taking you there in the playoffs, Jimmy's top 10. And that's an all-star in, in, in anybody's book every year. So it is what it is. Uh, tossing it back, I appreciate you, Joel, for letting us get into this potpourri. But uh, we can finish the show, man. It's your it's your world. Nah, man, I I appreciate you hopping in. That was my first time ever taking part in that type of um potpourri. So I'm glad we were able to run it and make it work. So, anyways, um, so now we get into this final topic for the day. And man, we talked a lot. Uh, but now let's focus on these next two games for the Heat. We do we got these two games here in Miami against the Bucks, and you know it's definitely gonna be a tough two games because you're essentially looking at one of the best teams in the Eastern Conference in this Milwaukee Bucks team. And what's not gonna make it any easier for the Heat is that a report came out that Caleb Martin, Kyle Lowry. And I believe Tyler Hero will all miss this first meeting against the Bucks. Um, so you do, there is a good chance Bam could come back. So there is that. Um, but overall, you do have a team that is going to be shorthanded in Miami. Now, at the same time, they do bowl out when they don't have all of their guys. So that is the silver lining if you want to look at one, you know, going into this upcoming matchup. 
But I just want to know with you guys, like, what do y'all think about this game? And what's your expectations for Miami in these two showdowns against Milwaukee? Uh, let's see. We'll start off with you, Kay. Basically, man, you mentioned it. When all the guys aren't there, you do get a great effort um, because there is a certain level of, one, I can truly be myself. And then we have to compensate for what and who we don't have. Secondly, there's the these are the Milwaukee Bucks of it all, and we don't like each other. Let's just they have respect for each other. They know that Giannis is a great player. They know that Drew can beat him. They know that if Middleton does take the flow, which I don't know because I think he re-aggravated something. Um, and he's been out the last couple of games too. Um, they know if he takes the floor, he can definitely kill you, as he did when they swept us in the playoffs with that heartbreaking jump shot that I'll never forget. Um, but it, it's a situation where the Bucks have, you know, been struggling. If you consider what they have endured over the last week, I think they allowed Charlotte to score uh, a gazillion points by last calculation. Um, and basically it's two teams coming in, continuing to search for something. We don't like each other, as I mentioned, um, and we're going to be shorthanded. But with that being said, it goes back to everything else we've talked about during this episode. If I got Oladipo playing like he's been playing, I got just as good a shot to win as you do, especially if I have my all-star in Bam Adebayo, a top 15 guy, if he's playing like he's playing now on offense because he's a perennial defensive player of the year candidate. If I got him playing and Depot playing like he's playing and Jimmy Butler, a top 10 guy when it all matters the most playing for me, I always got a shot. And they showed us that this year when we played Phoenix when they were among the best teams in the league how we went into Utah underhanded and, you know, scrapped them in a tough situation to play in. I know we lost the Denver game, but we almost beat them in a situation where they hadn't lost games. And even though Joker got a triple-double, Bam was able to hold him because he had scored 40 or more points in four of the previous eight games. I mean, when you have those guys on the floor, we always have a chance. And considering this situation and who we playing against, I think we're going to get some fireworks. At worst, we split. I know I'm getting ahead of myself, but I did that. <laughs> nah, nah, you're good, man. And, you know, I totally agree with it. I mean, one thing I'll say is this for the Heat. I mean, you know, we saw it last night in that game against the Thunder, you know. The Heat will find a way to make things work, you know, even if it's in a situation where Jimmy's essentially in a starting lineup with four undrafted guys. Like, this team is so good at the way how they handle you know, these types of situations. And we know their mentality, you know. What's the word I'm looking for? The we have enough type mentality. So hopefully, you know, for Miami, they can go out and get this win tomorrow. I mean, one thing I'll say is this. I mean, it was around, it was last month, you know, a year ago, where Caleb Martin had that iconic game against Milwaukee. You know, we didn't have, I don't think we had Jimmy or Bam in that game. And this man, Caleb, I mean, we all remember that game. You know, he made that iconic shush gesture and everything. Like, and that was probably one of, if not maybe the best game of his career, you know, in the Miami Heat uniform. So, you know, it will be. Yeah, Jimmy Butler was playing. He was just named Caleb Martin that night. Nah, for real. Like, he really did take over, though. So, you know, hopefully we get an iconic game from one of these guys. You know, a game against Milwaukee is the perfect way for one of these guys to step up and show that 
they got the potential, you know. So if we can have another undrafted dude step up and, you know, show up and do their thing, you know, that's a perfect night for me. So whether if it's a guy like one of our main ones, like Struess or Vincent or someone else, I'm all for it. And uh, Cheyenne, how about you? Cheyenne, you there? Oh, man, I hope we didn't lose Cheyenne. <laughs> Well, <laughs> so, I mean, I guess, Kay, is there anything you want to add before we close it out? If, um, let's see, we got a quick message. All right. So, Cheyenne, you got anything you want to say before we wrap up this topic? Other than the fact that you're going to have to pay the extra hour that we're going to have to pay the editor to loop your piece back in and cut this piece out and loop that. I'm joking. <laughs> Oh, so no. it says she's talking, but it's not working. Oh. Yeah, I saw that as well. I saw it as well. If you type it, we'll say it for you. No, I'm joking. I'm joking. <laughs> um, Let's see. I'm, I'm going to do my best Um, for you, Cheyenne. I'll say it like this. Knowing Cheyenne, I know she got faith in the Heat, and I know she believes in this team. So, you know, I know Cheyenne's spirit is going to say that the Heat are going to do their best to win both of these games and that she believes that no matter who's not on the floor for Miami, the Heat will find a way to make it work and that she has complete faith in this squad and that she believes they can win the whole championship. So shout-outs to Cheyenne for having And that they shouldn't trade Duncan Robinson ever, ever, ever. Yup, yup. So shout-outs to Cheyenne for... You know those strong opinions. You're you're good, Cheyenne. We 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 know you very well. You know. So I was just about to say. I think we got you covered too. Joel yeah. took the words right out of my mouth. <laughs> so you know we got you, Cheyenne. But aside from that, for me as well, you know these next two games aren't going to be easy. It wouldn't be a surprise if we did end up splitting one of these two games because that usually does end up being the scenario when we do play these teams back to back. It's mainly because of that reason that I hate these types of games where we have to play a team two straight times because it does lead to this type of situation. But aside from that, I do expect us to get at least one win against Milwaukee. I would love to get two against them, but you never know with the squad. So aside from that, I am confident we will be able to take one against Milwaukee. Um, and let's see. Yes, I was gonna say that we were gonna split, and that was always, and that that we always adapt and overcome. That just came from Cheyenne. So shout outs to her. And I mean, that's basically about it. Um, before we close it out, um, I just want to give. A huge shout out to our folks for coming in today. Make sure to follow K on Twitter at K underscore said underscore K. Make sure to follow Cheyenne at Cheyenne. And make sure to follow Nick on Twitter at Nick underscore connect. That's K-N-E-C-H-T. And make sure to follow me on Twitter at Joel K Jacob underscore. And make sure to check out Heat vs. the World on all social media platforms at HVTW Podcast. 
check out the website at hbtwpodcast.wordpress.com. And feel free to look at our YouTube channel, like, comment, and subscribe to all of our videos over there. I'm at Heat vs. The World, and we got great content heading our way. It is the new year, so hopefully we can get the ball rolling with some things coming out real soon, especially with Miss Kane Breakdown, which will feature the new host himself, Kay and Deem, so we can't wait to get that started. And aside from that, I mean, that's basically about it. I mean, is there anything that you want to say, Kay, before we close it out? Yeah, man, bear with us on this game breakdown. Me and Dean, we connecting. Uh, we working things out. We, we promise we're going to get to you and try to bring you some good content, man. But me and Dean, we we working. We on the way. We're going to connect um, and make sure we get everything worked out like it need to be uh, so that we can, you know, give it to you how it need to be gay. Yes, sir. So be on the lookout for that. And aside from that, Miami Heat, go out there. Let's keep getting these wins. Let's climb up the standings and let's show that there is hope and that we can really make a name for ourselves come playoff time. Aside from that, thank y'all for tuning in to today's episode of the Heat vs. The World podcast. We'll see you guys next time with a brand new episode. And until then, hit my music because we out. Thank you for listening, and we'll see you next time with a brand new episode of the Heat vs. the World podcast.